0: Stand Up for The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpWithTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up With The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo.
1: Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But thank you for tuning in. It's going to be a headlines and news and commentary show. Top story. Glory to God, Damar Hamlin, Miracles, and the Power of Prayer. A fascinating time we're living in when just a couple years ago, athletes in the sports world across the sports spectrum were kneeling down in support of the Marxist-driven Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network, and over this last week, Many of these same athletes were kneeling in prayer to the one true God on behalf of Damar Hamlin. We'll get to that. It's a fascinating story and developments every day. There's an article at Harbinger's Daily on that. You want to check that out. But I want to announce Alex Newman coming to Appleton, Wisconsin. That's this Wednesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday. Tomorrow. Wow. Tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Tomorrow. Alex Newman will be at Freedom Project Academy. It's uh, in Appleton, and the information you can, uh, let's see, where where can we get this information? Um, You know what, I'm going to have to, uh, well, contact Freedom Project Academy, okay, if you need to. Um, I'll give you that number later. But um, John Birch Society putting this on, Freedom Project, I'm uh, one of the contributors there to their media wing. And I do a program called Christ and Culture and also co-host a show called Educated. Alex Newman is just a wonderful, amazing journalist and uh, gives me hope for that generation. But So he's going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Doors open at 6 o'clock. All right, so before we get to the headlines <clears throat> and then the top story, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, uh, an appropriate one for today, perspective check. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's start off with some good news today. A court upheld a law protecting women's sports in West Virginia. This happened last Thursday. That's just a headline. And again, I'm not going to comment on the stories and read uh, more than just the headlines now because of the time, the sake of time today. We've got got so much to talk about. Number two, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ sequel is going to begin production this spring. And the sequel is called Resurrection. Pastor Jack Hayford Passed into eternity yesterday at 88 years old. 88. So, Pastor Jack, church on the way in Van Nuys, California. We'll talk a little bit about his legacy later. I missed this one last week when we were looking at the top stories of 2022, but we are just going to at least mention the top 10 and not get into a lot of detail. But Steve Dace over at The Blaze put together I think a really compelling list of top 10 stories significant stories of last year so we're going to it starts with number 10 is the Canadian trucker convoy and what happened and how the radical leftist globalist government in Canada and emperor Trudeau reacted to the trucker convoy so we're going to talk about that if you miss this headline I just want to share it with you Fox News Pete Hegseth as a father, the only thing that matters is introducing my kids to Jesus Christ. We'll talk a little bit about that and his program. Um, Ex-Virginia Tech soccer player that was benched for refusing to kneel. Now, this is not to kneel for the one true God. This is you know, not kneeling for another cause. Um, she won a lawsuit. She won a lawsuit. She gets over $100,000 in a settlement Um, We'll possibly get to that one. Have you watched the disturbing documentary, Died Suddenly? It's one of the most disturbing ones I've seen. Now, according to Rasmussen reports, more than one in four people think they know someone that died from a COVID-19 vaccine. So more than one in four people. So... We'll discuss that, which is kind of relevant for today's top story. Next, over at the Gateway Pundit, entering 2023, concerns about Army recruiting loom in America. Way down because of the wokeness and the policies. Um, Exposing corporate America's China problem. Boy, do we need to blast those doors wide open and shine the light on that. Also, another story, DC Comics' latest the Joker gives birth to a baby boy in latest Batman comic book. We're not even joking about that headline. Next, in a poll, this is a Gallup. America Isn't Feeling Great about 2023. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Also, the death of eternal truths and the rise of new paganism. A good article by Ben Shapiro uh, posted over at our American Family Network. So I've got to stop there because there's so much more we won't get to, but let's start with our top. Oh, wait a minute. There's one more. One more. Um, Dennis Prager wrote this over at PJ Media. America has become the greatest exporter of destructive ideas. How did that happen? Okay. Now, let's get to what we need to. Jamar Hamlin. Two days after he had a cardiac arrest last Monday Night Football um, game in Cincinnati, Ohio, he had well many of many doctors believe um he had, had cardiac arrest and he just collapsed we saw it on video we saw it on live television which is why this is such a powerful story and what god did we're talking about miracles and the power of prayer so 2 days later he woke up in a cincinnati hospital icu he was sedated he was fighting for his life on a breathing tube One of the first questions he asked via a writing tablet, so he couldn't speak because he had the tube, but he wrote, who won the game? (laughs) Doctors told him, quote, you won. You've won the game of life. In other words, he survived. So this was just days after the collapse on live TV of Buffalo Bills player, DeMar Hamlin. He remains in the hospital. He's been in critical condition, but is showing day-to-day Miraculous signs of improvement after not only suffering this cardiac arrest January second, but um, it, it, this is just astounding. He he didn't even have a pulse for a period of time there as they were doing CPR on the field. Never, by the way, never has a game been canceled due to an injury, but it was the right decision by the NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, two of the best teams in the NFL, so. A bigger part of this story is how our great God used a primetime football broadcast to unite millions, bring people to their knees, remind us of our mortality, and show him st- himself strong and worthy of praise. Many of us wonder why he didn't do this two years ago when uh, players were kneeling in protest of the America's national anthem. And if a player dared kneel like a Tim Tebow prayer in the end zone, they would make fun of it. Even ESPN and some of these other networks would mock Tim Tebow and anyone who would pray openly. A lot of them kneel and pray silently. But Hamlin, 24 years old, he was laying on the field being attended to by an efficient medical staff who helped save his life, by the way. And yesterday during the Bills game, after a touchdown was scored, the player ran over with the ball and gave it to the training staff member, the medical staff, who was the one who did CPR on Damar Hamlin. So he got a game ball yesterday. Um, So in such a short amount of time, it's been less than a week, friends. God has used this story to cause people to at least acknowledge him and God has also been using a handful of prominent believers and sports um, personnel with, with, that have platforms. Let's first talk about the coach of the Buffalo Bills, the dedicated Christian, Sean McDermott. He's a godly man, and when he found out Hamlin was improving, just to a surprising degree, he said in a press conference, quote, "...all glory to God." For keeping Demar and his family in the palm of his hand, and for his healing power. So, McDermott was asked about his leadership throughout this traumatic event, leading the team, uh, kind of someone that people were looking to, who was just remained just calm and and um, and encouraging during this whole thing. When DeMar was on the field for about 10 minutes, his life was literally hung in the balance, and the players were very emotional, visibly shaken up around him. He was asked about his leadership. It's been given high praise. And he said he's leaning on his faith that grounds him. He said, quote, I'm a Christian man to begin with, and I'm not afraid to say that. I know that when you're trying to do good things or great things, that sometimes you come across opposition, end quote. But here's... The point, I'm going to keep coming back to this. Um, people are turning to God. I think this is kind of continuing since the COVID fiasco, the COVID years, 20 and 21. More people are turning to God. They're realizing, I've got to do something with this fear and my anxiety. Where can I turn? And they've tried all kinds of other things. It's my two cents, but America is also learning more details about this young man, Damar Hamlin. Um, in a couple of years ago, when he was playing college football over at Pittsburgh, he said, My faith is in God. So whatever he has planned for me, that'll be it. And I want to sh- tell you, oh man, I, I had it, I had it on my computer. Now I've got to bring it up again, but it's, um, this is, it's fascinating that he, his, perspective on this he's he's recognizing his place and all the support he's been getting and it's really been fascinating guys this has really been fascinating so i'm going to bring him up and i want to read what he just tweeted yesterday he said i would love to be running out of the tunnel with my teammates um he said um i'm going sorry forgive me i'm trying to find it i should have i've tried to print it out but it didn't print out right uh, where is it? Come on, guys. There it is. So he said, game day. Nothing I want more than to be running out of the tunnel with my brothers. But he said, God is using me in a different way today. Tell someone you love them today. And uh, he just tweeted that about 24 hours ago. Um, and shows all the support. And he is in the hospital bed, upright, making the heart sign, and you saw his parents are there with him in the hospital. Uh, players from around the league, another miracle that happened, and you understand the direction of America and sports and the censorship of Christian expressions of Christian faith. Not all faith, but just Christian faith. They've been censored. Before the, the game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, They the players all gathered around midfield, and knelt and prayed before the game, and they showed it on national television. And now you might not think this is a big deal. That's a miracle considering where we've been, considering where we've been as far as the the leftist anti-Christian direction of nearly every professional sports league. Um, So let's get back to the story. So Hamlin said a couple of years ago, my faith is in God. Whatever he has planned for me, that'll be it. But this, what is happening now, and again, it's been less than a week. This is arguably part of God's sovereign purpose. He's using this young man's life to bring glory to himself, to get the attention of a nation. A nation that has, for all practical purposes, forgotten God. May speak. Think of Romans eight twenty eight. This is a Romans eight twenty eight moment, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. So, um, his, neurologically, he seems to be doing very well. Uh, Friday morning, his breathing tube was, was removed. That was another huge step in his what the doctors are calling quote remarkable progress. Remember, he didn't have a pulse as he lay on the football field Monday night, last Monday night. He did not have a pulse for, uh, well, they were doing CPR for almost 10 minutes, and they revived him. He stopped breathing. So he had a breathing tube for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three and a half days, and they were able to take him off the breathing tube Friday morning. And he tweeted uh, or FaceTimed actually to the team Friday to the Buffalo Bills, and he simply, it was short. He just said, love you, boys. Um, it was a short. But what, what a great reminder, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 for Christians. Let's pay attention. Let's let's think about this. We've, we've got to take advantage of these moments in our culture, in our history. Whether you're a sports fan or not, whether you handled COVID appropriately or not, this is a moment in our history where people are looking for answers and are looking to God, more people than ever. So Ephesians five fifteen. So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, kudos to former NFL quarterback and ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky who publicly bowed his head and openly prayed on the air on ESPN the day after the game he he was saying uh, at the time he said you know lots of people mention thoughts and prayers um i just want to do this so he felt compelled to do it rather than say oh let's just send our thoughts and prayers what does that mean send how do you send your th- vibes Your positive vibes, thoughts and prayers. How do you send that to someone? No, take a knee and pray. Or just look up, pray. Close your eyes, open your eyes. Just pray to God. But Dan Orlovsky on ESPN said this. Here's the text of his prayer. On a sports network, a sports network that's leftist and woke and it's owned by Disney, Dan Orlovsky said, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, because we believe that you're God. And coming to you and praying to you has impact. We're sad. We're angry. We want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray and truly come to you and ask for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, comfort to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer worked, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. And we lift up Damar Hamlin In your name, amen. So to my knowledge, that was last Tuesday, Orlovsky was not punished for praying, which you might sound, now this is America, remember how far we've fallen. Fifty years ago, you're going, wait a minute, who would be punished for praying on, on live TV? Well, we're not that country anymore, friends, we're not. So to my knowledge, he was not punished, and it shows that God continues to use this event to receive glory and to draw people to him, right? Um, another former NFL player, Benjamin Watson, an outspoken pro-life Christian, he snuck this in during an interview of all places on CNN with Anderson Cooper. This is amazing, guys, and it's truly, I think it's a little miracle, say what you want, but Benjamin Watson said on CNN, quote, Life can change in the blink of an eye. DeMar's injury has made us all wrestle with this truth. It has served as a reminder of our own mortality. While we pray for him as he fights for his life, we also must ask ourselves, where will we spend eternity? End quote. And that's the bottom line of this story. That's what this all comes down to. We've got a lot more to go on this story. We will continue. Um, That's the bottom line, friends. Let's not waste this cultural moment. People are wondering. People are searching. People are hurting. Some are angry. Some are confused. God, use us to be instruments for you in Jesus' name. A lot more coming
0: back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All
1: right, guys, we are continuing this story. Uh, Remarkable developments in the Damar Hamlin story. Um, It's less than a week. You can almost call it a comeback uh, as far as his recovery, but not yet. Let's not jump too far ahead. He's still uh, hospitalized. But he also tweeted this yesterday. Um, God is behind all this. No coincidence. So let's continue with Franklin Graham. Um, He also commented on the story, and like him, I was encouraged to see so many people praying, asking others to pray, recognizing that at a time like this, such a public moment reminding us of our human frailty, a watching world was reminded that God is there in our time of need. Aside from everything doctors can do, there are times in life when God, who created our bodies and who gives us life and who keeps our heart beating and our lungs functioning, is the only one who can help. There are times. Franklin Graham tweeted, the Buffalo Bills know who to call out to for help. The team dropped on their knees in a circle of prayer after DeMar Hamlin was taken away via the ambulance. They knew that he needed help that only God can give. Today, millions of people continue to pray for him, and I'm one of them. Um, In this fascinating moment, sports fans and others have been compelled to pray. Many have not prayed in years. Many might not know how to pray. Others are hearing about this young man's character, his compassion, his community work. But here's another thing. He had a GoFundMe page. Damar Hamlin set this up last year, I believe, to help local children and support children in need. It had a goal, you ready? Of $2,500, $2,500 to get toys and supplies for local kids. Just a few days ago, the money raised on that GoFundMe blasted past. Eight million (laughs) dollars. Two thousand (laughs) five hundred. Eight million dollars. What does this tell you? Well, some wealthy people probably donated, but, but also many, 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 many smaller donations as well. Um, people's hearts were touched and many were moved to action. This is what God does in a moment like this. Now I hope, guys, and let's pray that this will be one of many wake up calls to God's people. And of course, to wake up the world of entertainment, because that's all sports is. Sports is just entertainment. Let's not idolize, friends, be careful. Let's not idolize our, our teams, our celebrities. Careful. It's one of the Ten Commandments. (laughs) But how we respond to this moment and how, you know, the sports world responds remains to be seen. This was just one weekend, but, but it's still miraculous. Let's, let's, Savor the moment. Let's count the victories of other teams going to midfield, kneeling and praying, and the TV cameras showing it. See, that's a key difference. A lot of times, there's a handful of guys from each team that are Christians, just a handful. They often meet at midfield, in fact, maybe after every game. But you rarely ever see it because the, the NFL says, don't show that. We don't want that in the background <laughs> don't don't show people praying to God, don't so, show players bowing their knees in, in humility to God well, let's show them when they're when they're bowing the knee in protest of the national anthem and they're speaking for the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network and for Marxism, but let's not show it when they're praying to God, the God of the Bible, but now they are now we'll see what happens next week, right? The playoffs start we'll see what they do, and I think it may have to do with how. DeMar Hamlin responds to this. So pray for him that he would be drawn close to God, saved if he is not saved, but that he would be used by God in this moment. I think the Lord is already wanting to use him and his platform, that he's just enlarged his territory. That's a prayer we should all ask. Lord, enlarge our territory as true Bible-believing Christians that we may make an impact for the kingdom and for light over darkness. But so Acts 4:12 says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible has much to say friends about not taking life for granted, redeeming the time, and this story is one of the, just the latest reminder to us. James 4:13 4, and 14 it says come now you who say today or tomorrow We will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business, and we'll make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, for you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. That's James 4, 13 and 14. Um, It's a day at a time, friends, and think about in terms of eternity, like the world's been around for 6,000 years, more or less. And here we are in the year 2023. Uh, it's just a matter of time, first before Jesus returns, but if he doesn't in our lifetimes, um, we will all stand before the Lord one day. Uh, so let's get back and finish up this story, and then we'll go on to the other headlines and the stories we touched on at the top of the podcast, and there's a lot of them. It should also be said, uh, football is a violent game. Thousands of hard, violent collisions take place in NFL games, and, and they have for many, many, many years. They didn't used to have good protocols, good padding. They, they didn't have good helmets. Um, a lot of former players have concussions and arthritis, all kinds of issues. Some players, when they get have, go through these hits, they get right back up, keep playing. Others are sent to the uh, tent for evaluation on the sidelines, some end up with concussions other injuries sports is entertainment and sadly many people have just become desensitized to the violence but listen to this most of those hard contact plays have been much more vicious than the seemingly routine tackle made by DeMar Hamlin last Monday night it wasn't a collision that you see in some of these re- some of these highlight reels so it's astounding something like this hasn't happened before. But as the Lord would allow, Hamlin appears to be on his way to recover me recovery, but I, I have to admit my first thought, first of all, God bless him and heal him. But when he collapsed, my, my, first, my second thought I should say, I said, Oh God bless this this young man. because um, you didn't know his name, right? When you're when you're first watching this. But I then thought, man, I wonder if that has anything to do with the vaccine. And I'll just say it. Because it's been politicized, I admit, on both sides. I admit on both sides. He got up after the tackle. He made the tackle, got up after the play, stood up. It looked like he briefly adjusted his face mask, and then he collapsed backward on his back. Now, let's say this, too. We may never know. Some are saying, oh, yeah, it had to be. Then there are doctors speculating, saying, yeah, this is a moment where he just the, the he tackled the other player and, and he just got hit in his upper chest at the exact right moment in between heartbeats. And I'm, I'm going, really? After millions of, of tackles in, in NFL games and football games and college and pros, and this just happened just at this moment? I'm thinking there's more to it, but, again, it's. I hope we hear – um, the cause, the true cause, and, and we may never know. It's up to his family and, um, the NFL, but you know how that goes. So the point is we need to reiterate back to one of the foundational truths is we've changed as a nation regarding tolerance for the Christian faith. Public declarations of faith, even, even prayer. It shouldn't make headlines and it shouldn't be offensive. And it shouldn't be surprising when someone publicly acknowledges the only living God. And yet it often is. But what a blessing to see many football teams and many fans in stadiums bow their heads in prayer. Moments like this are rare, but they are what's good about America, what's still good about America. There's still hope, and there's always hope until Christ returns. There's always hope a refreshing moment where we're reminded of our humanity that can unite us as a people, as a nation, and times of crisis. But here's what we do think we know, (laughs) that God saved a young man's life, Damar Hamlin, 24 years old, in one of the most public ways possible, in order to save countless souls in the process. So let's trust the Lord to use this and help us be a people of faith and prayer committed to reaching unbelievers with the gospel. Our time is short in more ways than one, friends. And uh, what now? Watch and pray. Please share that article. It's over at harbingersdaily.com. Harbingersdaily.com. It says, Glory to God, Damar Hamlin, Miracles, and the Power of Prayer. So now... Back to the stories that we highlighted at the top of the podcast. In uh, Virginia, West Virginia Thursday, a court upheld the Save Women's Sports Act, HB 3293. It rejected a legal challenge to the law that would have undermined women's sports in the state by allowing males who identify as female to compete with females and girls in women's sports. So... Alliance Defending Freedom, thank God for them, attorneys uh, represented Laney Armistead, a former West Virginia State University soccer player. And um, it was BPJ versus West Virginia State Board of Education to defend the law. Today, and here's a quote today's decision is a win for reality. The truth matters. And it is crucial that our laws and policies recognize that the physical differences between men and women matter, especially in a context like sports. End quote. Um, Female athletes deserve to compete on a level playing field. Allowing males to compete in girls' sports destroys fair competition, safety on the field, and women's athletic opportunities. Females across the country are losing medals, podium spots, public recognition, and opportunities to compete because of males competing in women's sports. And I'll say also scholarships, too, should be added to that list. The court was right to affirm that West Virginia's law is not only constitutional but consistent with Title IX. So there's a good story. You're welcome. <laughs> we don't always want to focus on oh, the hard stuff. But right now, here's another one about Mel Gibson um, Pray for him, pray for his salvation, pray that God would use him and his platform. He's going to do a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. They're beginning production in the spring. So, um, Gibson has been hard at work on the screenplay with Braveheart screenwriter Randall Wallace. They've already been <laughs> six drafts. So far, and Resurrection would focus on the 24 hours encompassing Jesus' passion and the events that occurred three days between his crucifixion and Resurrection. The cast will star Jim Caviezel. He'll reprise his role of Jesus. Maya Morgenstern as Mary. And others. So, highly anticipated. It'll... um, it's been in development for for the past ten years, by the way. In 2016, uh, Mel Gibson spoke at a Harvest Crusade in California and said um, it's a very big subject and it needs to be looked at because we don't want to just do a simple rendering of it. You know, just read what happened, but in order to read it, experience it, and explore deeper meanings about what it's about, it's going to take some doing and Randall Wallace is up to the task. So that's the update on that. So going into production, the next Passion of the Christ called Resurrection. Now, Pastor Jack Havert, speaking of eternity, he died 88 years old, prominent Christian leader. He was affectionately known as Pastor Jack, founder of Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California, served for over three decades there as a pastor, best-selling books, he was a writer, he co-authored more than 50 books, composed, he composed over, well, it says 500 hymns and choruses, including the internationally known and widely recorded worship song, Majesty, you know, the one that goes, Majesty, worship his majesty unto Jesus. That's Hayford, Jack Hayford. So Hayford founded the King's University, formerly the King's College and Seminary in Southlake, Texas, in 1997. And um, the King's University reports, quote, His family said he died peacefully in his sleep in the early hours of the morning, having eaten dinner with his wife the night before, Valerie, and having, having spoken to one of his grandkids the evening before. Now, I'm a little confused by that. Um... Let's see. Okay. Did that say his wife? Maybe because it says um, Hay- Hayford leaves behind four children, 11 grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Okay, his second wife, Valerie. So he was remarried because uh, it said his previous wife, um, first wife, obviously, Anna Hayford, um, died in after more than 60 years. He, Jack preceded with his death. Okay, uh, on to the next story real quick. We've just got two minutes here in this segment. Fox News, Pete Hegseth, kudos to him. Watch this young man. He's another one that seems to be unashamed of the gospel. Um, he, is, he he did a special called The Life of Jesus on Fox News, or on Fox Nation, which is a digital part of Fox News. Three parts of the four-part series are streaming now. And uh, interesting. Um, he said, as a father, the only thing that matters is introducing my kids to Jesus Christ. Um Wow. So kudos to him. Keep an eye on Pete Hegseth. And uh, one more story that we didn't get a chance to get into, um, the recruiting issue, and we've just got a minute and a half here, but 2022, military military leaders announced they would be lowering their recruiting goal for the Army from 476,000 to 466,000, and recruiting through the branches, military branches, has been hampered by COVID vaccine requirements, increasingly woke military atmosphere, uh, where trans soldiers are given special privileges while Christian soldiers are being persecuted. They, the, some of the bases host drag shows. Yeah, it's gone woke, and this is one of the fruits of the Biden administration. But the military experienced a shortfall of 15,000 recruits last year. Actually, that's just the Army. So there's the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Just the Army had a shortfall of 15,000 recruits last year. So we'll see what happens, but keep your eye on that story. We've got a lot more to get to, including more good news and a settlement in another
0: case coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: Ex-Virginia Tech soccer player allegedly benched for refusing to kneel. Not for the prayer to God, though. She got a $100,000 settlement, according to her attorney. So this is a former Virginia Tech women's soccer player. Um, her, apparently her coach benched her because of her political opinions and we can read into that. She was probably conservative or Republican, whatever, you know, you need to read into that, but she received at least $100,000 as a part of an agreement to dismiss a federal lawsuit. Uh, Kirsten Henning will receive the award as part of a settlement of the suit she filed last year against her coach on first amendment grounds. Norris, um, This is her attorney. Uh, Norris noted the terms of the settlement did not include an admission of wrongdoing by either his client or the coach. There are no details of the settlement, according to the outlet, but Norris said the agreement has to be approved by university and state officials before it becomes final. So let's get into the story a little bit. What the heck? So she alleges uh, Kirsten. That her coach retaliated against her and benched her for her political views after she refused to kneel during the 2020 season of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation protests across all major sports leagues. She and college, university leagues, she refused to kneel during a pregame unity statement. Henning, who was identified as a midfield defender for the Hokies, for Three years, 2018, 2019, 2020, she sued the coach in his personal and official capacity, alleging he punished her um, because she differed from the views of her teammates during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020. Henning claimed that she was removed from her starting position and pressured to leave the team after she declined to kneel during a reading of a unity statement before a game. The coach verbally attacked her at halftime, claiming she was. Uh, we don't want to read those words, but um, and he was putting his finger in her face. Uh, she explained in the lawsuit while she supports social justice and believes that Black Lives do matter. <laughs> she does not. Dis- she does not support the BLM organization, citing its tactics and core tenets of its mission statement. Including defunding the police, also core tenants, anti-family, anti-Christian, anti-life in the womb, pro-LGBTQ, pro-Marxist. The the founders of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation were Marxists. They admitted it in interviews and they said, "Well, this is a big deal. We're yeah, we're trained Marxists. We're organizers. Well, this is what we do." we're going to bring down the system in America. So that's your marxism influencing today's woke sports. So it's a good thing. This is a really good outcome for this player that was discriminated against. We don't know that she was a christian. We know that she was conservative. We know that she didn't want to go with the crowd and you know kneel for to the altar of wokeness and BLM. So, good. Um that's it. We'll, we'll just uh, keep an eye on that story. This, But looks like the settlement is going to be over $100,000. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, I'm sure, public pressure. By the way, great story of uh, Orlando Magic NBA basketball player Jonathan Isaac. Um, we tried to get him. We tried to contact him to get him on the podcast. He's uh, just a really outspoken Christian, and uh, he did not bow the knee either in the NBA when all, his entire team knelt and wore black lives matter t-shirts he stood with his head down but he stood in his regular uniform um so follow that story uh, he's got a book out now he's he's doing work with the daily wire his name is Jonathan Isaac so watch him now wanted to get to this we're not going to get to everything else that we mentioned earlier um the 10 most significant stories of 2022, were, I don't think we can get into the details, but maybe just one of them. Steve Dace, number 10, the Canadian trucker convoy. They were protesting the vaccine mandates and other severe COVID restrictions with a, quote, freedom convoy that began in British Columbia. And, um, yeah, this was uh, amazing what, what they were doing to to just try to promote freedom. Anyway, number nine, he looks at the House of Representatives and it's he called it selling out. That's one of his top ten, what did he call it, significant stories. The Republicans that sold out in the House. Um, yeah, let's just move on. It's kinda, just kind of sad, but there's another one that's going to follow up with that one. Number eight, Ukraine top story. The U.S. has spent sent nearly $20 billion in first-world weaponry to Ukraine since its invasion by Russia. (sighs) Now, hopefully, with the House changing now, they're hopefully going to pressure the Biden administration for accountability and transparency about these weapons transfers. Who knows where some of these end up, right? Uh, Number seven, inflation. Uh, The media doesn't talk about that at all, Um, an economist who works for investment management giant, PIMCO, P-I-M-C-O, explained that this report is deceiving because certain measurements skew the data. Quote, there is a little bit of noise that you have to take into account because investors and trade numbers can obviously be volatile. But she said for the year as a whole, excluding these categories, we call this final domestic demand and it noted there was robust growth of 5%. That's not what she sees. So, inflation is a uh, underreported story. Number six, groomers. Groomers. Um, another U.S. Uh, Democrat in New York lists the gender pronouns she and her in her Twitter bio, publicly praising Drag Queen Story Hour. And across the country, books are being banned, which are depriving our nation's youth. She's complaining. Programs like Drag Queen Story Hour are getting well-rounded education about LGBTQ issues and gender identity. So the Democrats that are supporting this say it's a great thing, but Steve Dace puts it under the category of groomers, rightly so. Number five, number five uh, most significant story of 2022, Ron DeSantis. It's just a man, (laughs) the story. Um, Man, that was an amazing election, but let's move on. Um uh, number six is oh wait was that number five number four Elon Musk buys Twitter big story Uh we don't know that he's a conservative not, but at least he's for he seems to be for free speech and open, opening these platforms of big tech and, and he's against suppression and censorship which the Biden administration the FBI CIA Twitter and Facebook all colluded to do to influence voters on social media and then to influence an election but I mean, the truth is out about that. What can what can you do about it? That now, nothing but just raise awareness. It happened. It's true. It was a conspiracy theory. Now it's fact. Number three, depopulation. Depopulation. They're using climate alarmism. Bill Nye, the so-called science guy, has a Netflix show, and it reaches lowest point with a crude and anti-science song about genitals and gender theory. This is Bill Nye, the science guy, denying biological sex, gender. Oh, gosh, unbelievable. And on the final season of Bill Nye's Saves the World, it was entitled Earth's People Problem. He's now turned to pandering millennial nostalgia and hyper theories about overpopulation, asking a panel whether we should have policies that penalize people for having extra kids, No, this is Bill Nye. You know the name. And he, he educated a generation of young people on, quote, science. Number two, significant story from last year by Steve Dace. The red wave that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. How did they get it so wrong? You got this Keystone Cops government and administration. You've got a. Horrific economy, you've got woke policies, the grooming of children in public schools, you've got the suppression of free speech, using colluding with the FBI, CIA, you've got open border policies, and you've got prices going up, cost of living increasing, and and you've got an administration primed to lose in a landslide, and yet there was no red wave last November. What happened? Well, we're not going to speculate on that here. We can just say, acknowledge with uh, Steve Dace, yeah, that was a pretty big story. And I don't think they're going to learn from it, but we'll see. Number one, what do you think the big story was of last year, according to Steve Dace, that you don't hear much about? Roe v. Wade was overturned, remember? Glory be to God, Roe v. Wade was overturned. The debate over abortion rights given back to the states. So that's – Steve Dace is over with the Blaze Media, the Blaze. Um, I thought that was a good good list. Now, we do have time to talk about died suddenly. Now, according to Rasmussen reports, um, 49%, let's just say 50, let's just say half, right? If it's 49 or 51, can we just say half? <laughs> Round it up or down. Uh, Half of American adults believe it's likely that side effects of COVID-19 vaccines have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths, including 28% who think it's very likely. So the headline, more than one in four think someone they know died from COVID-19 Vaccines, not from the virus, not from the flu, not from heart issues, not from lung issues or respiratory. They died because of the vaccine. That's interesting. That's just stats. It's not an opinion we're putting out for those who are monitoring this podcast. I'm just reading the, the Rasmussen report survey of Americans and their opinions. So half of American adults, it's likely. So half are acknowledging Side effects from the vaccine. And by the way, we haven't opened up VAERS in a, in a long time. The vaccine reporting system. Let's go to openVAERS.com. Where are they at now? Ooh, (laughs) can't find that page. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. Let's go to just VAERS. Here we go. I found it on this, this way I found it. 2.3 million, 2.3 million adverse Events due to the vaccine in the last couple years 2.3 million. Now, these are underreported over 33,000 deaths from the vaccine. Um, It says uh, vaccine reported deaths, but then it says total reported deaths 43,000. And again, it's still underreported. Hospitalizations 186,000 due to the shot. The jab, the forced injection in a free republic. 28% of adults. So they're, and, and this is an, another interesting thing. Um, 10% aren't sure. <laughs> okay. So what's interesting is, and I want to be honest with you here in the last couple minutes of this podcast, I want to move on. Uh, my wife... Um, she is from Canada, from Toronto, and I did not get the vaccine. She did get it, and in order to go visit her family, she did. She chose to, to get that, and since she got the vaccine, uh, she has experienced severe cognitive issues. Um, she can have a conversation. People at church have no idea unless they talk, talk to her for more than five minutes. Um, she can look at a calendar, and, and she doesn't understand how to look, decipher Monday through Friday. Uh, if appointments are coming up, I've got to make her appointments. Um, she doesn't know what day it is. If you were to ask her what day, um, and of course, she doesn't do some of the th- typical things she used to do, you know, at home around the house. And this is just one of the effects of the vaccine that we have personally experienced in our family. So we're praising God that it wasn't a tumor, that it wasn't cancer. We went through all these tests, um, MRIs, CAT scans blood tests, everything came back relatively normal, praise God, but she is having issues, and we're hoping it's not long-term. We've been a lot of supplements, a lot of natural things that we're trying to do. So pray for our family, especially for my wife. Her name is Rosanna um, and a lot of other people out there who have damage or even maybe lost a loved loved one due to the vaccine or even COVID. Let's just be compassionate. Let's pray. Remember the top story today. God still answers prayer. He hears prayer. Glory to God. Go back and look up that story about Damar Hamlin over at Harbinger's Daily. Working backwards next week, Curtis Bowers, Scott Shera, Vera Sharoff, Gary Codd this Friday, Seth Gruber Thursday, Alex Newman Wednesday. Tomorrow, Jelaine Appling of Wisconsin Family Council will get an update on her uh, offices that were firebombed, still no arrests, and that was back in May of last year. God bless you. And as always. Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.